0: chapter 6 part 3 of the american language this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the american language by h l menken chapter 6 the common speech part 3 the verb a study of the materials amassed by charters and lardner if it be reinforced by observation of what is heard on the streets every day will show that the chief grammatical peculiarities of spoken american lie among the verbs and pronouns the nouns in common use in the overwhelming main are quite sound in form very often of course they do not belong to the vocabulary of english but they at least belong to the vocabulary of american the proletariat setting aside transient slang calls things by their proper names and pronounces those names more or less correctly The adjectives too are treated rather politely, and the adverbs, though commonly transformed into adjectives, are not further mutilated. But the verbs and pronouns undergo changes which set off the common speech very sharply from both correct English and correct American. Their grammatical relationships are thoroughly overhauled and sometimes they are radically modified in form. This process is natural and inevitable. For it is among the verbs and pronouns, as we have seen, that the only remaining grammatical inflections in English, at least of any force or consequence, are to be found, and so they must bear the chief pressure of the influences that have been warring upon all inflections since the earliest days. The primitive Indo-European language, it is probable, had eight cases of the noun. The oldest known Teutonic dialect reduced them to six. In Anglo-Saxon they fell to four, with a weak and more instrumental hanging in the air. In Middle English the date of an accusative began to decay. In Modern English they have disappeared altogether, save as ghosts to haunt grammarians. But we still have two plainly defined conjugations of the verb, and we still inflect it for number, and in part at least for person. And we yet retain an objective case of the pronoun, and inflect it for person, number, and gender some of the more familiar conjugations of verbs in the american common speech as recorded by charters or lardner or derived from my own collectinea are here set down present am preterite was perfect participle been or ben footnote ben is the correct american pronunciation been as we have seen is the english but I have often found ben, rhyming with pen, in such phrases as, I ben there. In footnote. Present. Attack. Preterite. Attacked. Perfect participle. Attacked. Present. Be. Preterite. Was. Perfect participle. Been. Or. Ben. Footnote. "Ben" is the correct American pronunciation. Been, as we have seen, is the English but I have often found ben rhyming with pen, in such phrases as, I been there, in footnote. Present, beat, preterite, beaten, perfect participle, beat. Present, become, footnote, get is used in the place of it, as in, I am getting old, and, he got sick, in footnote. Preterite, become, perfect participle, became. Present begin preterite begun perfect participle began present bend preterite bent perfect participle bent present bet preterite bet perfect participle bet present bind preterite bound perfect participle bound present bite preterite bitten perfect participle bit present bleed Preterate bled, perfect participle, bled. Present blow, preterate blowed or blew, perfect participle blowed or blew. Present break, preterate broken, perfect participle, broke. Present bring, preterate brought or brung or brang. Perfect participle, brung. Present broke. Passive, preterite, broke, perfect participle, broke, present, build, preterite, built, perfect participle, built, present, burn, preterite, burnt, footnote, burned, with a distinct duh sound, is almost unknown in American, perfect participle, burnt, present, burst, footnote, not used in footnote. Present bust, preterite busted, perfect participle busted. Present buy, preterite bought or boughten, perfect participle bought or boughten. Present can, preterite could, perfect participle coulda. Present catch, preterite caught, footnote cotched is heard only in the South and mainly among the Negroes. Catch, of course, is always pronounced catch. End footnote. Perfect participle, caught. Present, choose, preterite, chose. Perfect participle, choose. Present, climb, preterite, clumb. Perfect participle, clumb. Present, cling, to hold fast preterite clung perfect participle clung present cling to ring preterite clang perfect participle clang present come preterite come perfect participle came present creep preterite crep or crope perfect participle crep present crow preterite crew Perfect participle crew present cut, preterite cut, perfect participle cut, present dare, preterite dared, perfect participle dared, present deal, preterite dole, perfect participle dealt, present dig, preterite dug, perfect participle dug, present dive, preterite dove, perfect participle dived. Present, do, preterite, done, perfect participle, done or did. Present, drag, preterite, drug, perfect participle, dragged. Present, draw, preterite, drawed, footnote. But I drew three jacks in poker, end footnote. Perfect participle, drawed or drew. Present, dream, preterite, dreamt perfect participle dreamt. present Drank, preterite drank or drunk perfect participle drank. present drive preterite drove perfect participle drove. present drown preterite drownded perfect participle drowned. present eat preterite et or eat perfect participle ate. Present, fall, preterite, fell or fallen, perfect participle, fell. Present, feed, preterite, fed, perfect participle, fed. Present, feel, preterite, felt, perfect participle, felt. Present, fetch, preterite, fetched, footnote. Fotch is also heard, but it is not general, In footnote. Perfect participle, fetch present fight preterite fought footnote fit and fitten, unless my observation errs, are heard only in dialect fit is archaic english end footnote perfect participle fault present find preterite found perfect participle found present fine preterite found perfect participle found present Fling preterite flying, perfect participle flung, present, flow, preterite, flew, perfect participle, flowed, present, fly, preterite, flew, perfect participle, flew, present, forget, preterite, forgotten, perfect participle, forgotten, present, forsake, preterite, forsaken, perfect participle, forsook, present freeze preterite frozen or frizz perfect participle frozen present get preterite got or gotten perfect participle gotten present give preterite give perfect participle give present glide preterite glowed footnote glowed once enjoyed a certain respectability in america it occurs in the Knickerbocker magazine for april eighteen fifty six in footnote perfect participle glowed present go preterite went perfect participle went present grow preterite growed perfect participle growed present hang preterite hung footnote hanged is never heard in footnote perfect participle hung. Present have preterite had perfect participle had or had present hear preterite heerd perfect participle heerd or hearn present heat preterite het footnote het is incomplete without the addition of up he was head up is always heard not he was het end footnote perfect participle het present Heave, preterite, hove, perfect participle, hove. Present, hide, preterite, hidden, perfect participle, hid. Present, heist, preterite, heisted, perfect participle, heisted. Present, hit, preterite, hit, perfect participle, hit. Present, hold, preterite, held, perfect participle, held or held. Present, holler, Preterate hollered, perfect participle, hollered. Present hurt, preterite, hurt, perfect participle, hurt. Present keep, preterite, kep, perfect participle, kep. Present kneel, preterite, knelt, perfect participle, knelt. Present no, know. preterite, node perfect participle, knew Present lay, preterite, Laid or lane, perfect participle, laid, present, lead, preterite, led, perfect participle, led, present, lean, preterite, lent, perfect participle, lent, present, leap, preterite, lep, perfect participle, lep, present, learn, preterite, learnt, perfect participle, learnt, present, lend, preterite. Loaned, perfect participle, loaned. Present, lie, to falsify. Preterite, lied, perfect participle, lied. Present, lie, to recline. Preterite, laid or lain, perfect participle, laid. Present, light, preterite, lit, perfect participle, lit. Present, lose, preterite, lost, perfect participle lost present make preterite made perfect participle made present may preterite none perfect participle mida present mean preterite meant perfect participle meant present meet preterite met perfect participle met present mo preterite Moan, perfect participle, mode, present, pay, preterite, paid, perfect participle, paid, present, plead, preterite, plead, perfect participle, plead, present, prove, preterite, proved or proven, perfect participle, proven, present, put, preterite, put, perfect participle, put, present, quit, preterite, quit. Perfect participle quit, present raise, preterite raised, perfect participle raised, present read, preterite read, perfect participle read, present wrench. Footnote always used in place of rinse. End footnote. Preterite wrenched, perfect participle wrenched, present rid, preterite rid, perfect participle. Rid present, ride, preterite, ridden, perfect participle, rode, present, rile, footnote, always used in place of royal end footnote, preterite, riled, perfect participle, riled, present, ring, preterite, rung, perfect participle, rang, present, rise, preterite, riz, or rose. Perfect participle riz. present run, preterite run, perfect participle ran, present say, preterite says, perfect participle said, present see, preterite seen, perfect participle saw, present sell, preterite sold, perfect participle sold, present Send, preterite, sent, perfect participle, sent. Present, set, preterite, set, footnote. Sought is heard as a localism only, end footnote. Perfect participle, sat. Present, shake, preterite, shaken or shuck, perfect participle, shook. Present, shave, preterite, shaved, perfect participle, shaved. Present, Shed, preterite, shed, perfect participle, shed. Present shine, to polish, preterite, shined, perfect participle, shined. Present shoe, preterite, shooed, perfect participle, shoed. Present shoot, preterite, shot, perfect participle, shot. Present show. Preterite shown, perfect participle showed. Present sing, preterite sung, perfect participle sang. Present sink, preterite sunk, perfect participle sank. Present sit, footnote, see set, which is used almost invariably in place of sit. End footnote. Present skin, preterite scun. Perfect participle skun, Present sleep Preterite slept, Perfect participle slept, Present slide Preterite slid Perfect participle slid Present sling Preterite slang Perfect participle slung Present slit Preterite slitted Perfect participle slitted Present smell Preterite smelt Perfect participle smelt. Present sneak, preterite snuck, perfect participle snuck. Present speed, preterite speeded, perfect participle speeded. Present spell, preterite spelt, perfect participle spelt. Present spill, preterite spilt, perfect participle spilt. Present spin, preterite span. Perfect participle span. Present spit. Preterite spit. Perfect participle spit. Present spoil. Preterite spoilt. Perfect participle spoilt. Present spring. Preterite sprung. Perfect participle sprang. Present steal. Preterite stole. Perfect participle stole. Present sting. Preterite stang. Perfect participle stang, present stink, preterite stank, perfect participle stank, present strike, preterite struck, perfect participle struck, present swear, preterite swore, perfect participle swore, present sweep, preterite swept, perfect participle swept, present swell. Swole, perfect participle swollen. Present swim, preterite swum, perfect participle swam. Present swing, preterite swang, perfect participle swung. Present take, preterite taken, perfect participle took. Present teach, preterite taught, perfect participle taught. Present tear, preterite Tor, perfect participle, torn. Present, tell, preterite, toll, perfect participle, toll. Present, think, preterite, thought, footnote. Thunk is never used seriously. It always shows humorous intent. End footnote. Perfect participle, thought. Present, thrive, preterite, throve, perfect participle, throve. Present throw, preterite throwed, perfect participle through. Present tread, preterite tread, perfect participle tread. Present wake, preterite woke, perfect participle woken. Present wear, preterite war, perfect participle war. Present weep, preterite wep, perfect participle wep. Present wet preterite wet perfect participle wet present win preterite won or wan perfect participle won or wan present wind preterite wound perfect participle wound present wish wished preterite wished perfect participle wished present ring preterite rung perfect participle rang present right preterite written perfect participle wrote a glance at these conjugations is sufficient to show several general tendencies some of them going back in their essence to the earliest days of the english language the most obvious is that leading to the transfer of verbs from the so-called strong conjugation to the weak a change already in operation before the norman conquest and very marked during the middle english period chaucer used grode for grew in the prologue to the wife of bath's tale and rised for rose and smited for smote are in john purvey's edition of the bible circa 1385 many of these transformations were afterward abandoned but a large number survived for example climbed for clomb as the preterite of to climb and melted for molt, as the preterite of to melt. Others showed themselves during the early part of the modern English period. Comed, as the perfect participle of to come, and digged, as the preterite of to dig, are both in Shakespeare and the latter is also in Milton and in the authorized version of the Bible. This tendency went furthest, of course, in the vulgar speech, and it has been embalmed in the English dialects i seen and i knowed for example are common to many of them but during the seventeenth century it seems to have been arrested and even to have given way to a contrary tendency that is toward strong conjugations the english of ireland which preserves many seventeenth century forms shows this plainly ped for paid gother for gathered and roos for raised are still in use there, and Joyce says flatly that the Irish retained the old English custom, i.e., the custom of the period of Cromwell's invasion circa 1650, have a leaning toward the strong inflection. Certain verb forms of the American colonial period, now reduced to the estate of localisms, are also probably survivors of the seventeenth century. The three great causes of change in language, says Sace, may be briefly described as one, imitation or analogy, two a wish to be clear and emphatic and three laziness indeed if we choose to go deep enough we might reduce all three causes to the general one of laziness since it is easier to imitate than to say something new this tendency to take well-worn paths paradoxically enough is responsible both for the transfer of verbs from the strong to the weak declension and for the transfer of certain others from the weak to the strong a verb in everyday use tends almost inevitably to pull less familiar verbs with it, whether it be strong or weak. Thus, fed is the preterite of to feed, and led is the preterite of to lead. Paved the way for pled is the preterite of to plead, and rode as plainly performed the same office for glowed and rung for brung and drove for dove and hove and stole for dole and won for scun. Moreover, a familiar verb itself, acquiring a faulty inflection, may fasten a similar inflection upon another verb of like sound. Thus, het, as the preterite of to heat, no doubt owes its existence to the example of et, the vulgar preterite of to eat. So far the irregular verbs. The same combination of laziness and imitativeness works toward the regularization of certain verbs, that are historically irregular. In addition, of course, there is the fact that regularization is, itself, intrinsically simplification, that it makes the language easier. One sees the antagonistic pull of the two influences in the case of verbs ending in o-w. The analogy of new suggests snu as the preterite of to snow, and it is sometimes encountered in the American Vulgate. But the analogy of snowed also suggests node, and the superior regularity of the form is enough to overcome the greater influence of new, as a more familiar word, than snowed. Thus, snoo grows rare and is in decay, but node shows vigor, and so do growed and throwed. The substitution of heard for heard also presents a case of logic and convenience supporting analogy. The form is suggested by steered, feared, and cheered. But its main advantage lies in the fact that it gets rid of a vowel change, always an impediment to easy speech. Here is in the contrary direction one barbarism breeds another. Thus, taken, as the preterite of to take, has undoubtedly helped to make preterites of two other perfects, shaken and forsaken. But in the presence of two exactly contrary tendencies, the one in accordance with the general movement of the language since the Norman conquest, and the other opposed to it, it is unsafe, of course, to attempt any very positive generalizations. All one may exhibit with safety is a general habit of treating the verb conveniently. Now and then, disregarding grammatical tendencies, it is possible to discern what appear to be logical causes for verb phenomena. That lit is preferred to lighted and hung to hanged is probably the result of an aversion to fine distinctions and perhaps more fundamentally to the passive again the use of found as the preterite of to fine is obviously due to an ignorant confusion of fine and find due to the wearing off of duh in find and that of lit as the preterite of to alight to a confusion of alight and light yet again the use of tread as its own preterite in place of trod is probably the consequence of a vague feeling that a verb ending with d is already of preterite form shed exhibits the same process both are given a logical standing by such preterites as bled fed fled led red dead and spread but here, once more, it is hazardous to lay down laws, for shredded, headed, dreaded, threaded, and breaded at once come to mind. In other cases it is still more difficult to account for preterites in common use. Drug is wholly illogical, and so are clum and frizz. Neither fortunately has yet supplanted the more intelligible form of its verb, and so it is not necessary to speculate about them. As for crew, it is archaic English surviving in American, and it was formed, perhaps, by analogy with new, which has succumbed in America to node. Some of the verbs of the Vulgate show the end products of language movements that go back to the Anglo-Saxon period and even beyond. There is, for example, a disappearance of the final T in such words as crep, slep, lep, swep, and wep. Most of these in Anglo-Saxon were strong verbs. The preterite of to sleep, slepen, for example, was slep, and that of to weep was weop. But in the course of time both to sleep and to weep acquired weak preterite endings, the first becoming slept and the second wept. This weak conjugation was itself degenerated originally the inflectional suffix had been d e or e d e and in some cases o d e and the vowels were always pronounced the wearing down process that set in in the twelfth century disposed of the final e but in certain words the other vowels survived for a good while and we still observe it in such archaisms as beloved Finally, however, it became silent in other preterites, and loved, for example, began to be pronounced, and often written, as a word of one syllable. Loved Footnote The last stand of the distinct E.D. was made in Addison's day. He was in favor of retaining it, and in The Spectator for August fourth, 1711, he protested against obliterating the syllable in the termination of our praetor perfect tense, as in the words drowned, walked arrived for drowned, walked arrived which has very much disfigured the tongue and turned a tenth part of our smoothest words into so many clusters of consonants footnote this final d sound now fell upon difficulties of its own after certain consonants it was hard to pronounce clearly and so the sonant was changed into the easier surd and such words as pushed and cliped became an ordinary conversation pushed and clipped in other verbs the t sound had come in long before with the degenerated weak ending and when the final e was dropped their stem vowels tended to change thus arose such forms as slept in vulgar american another step is taken and the suffix is dropped altogether thus by a circuitous route Verbs originally strong and for many centuries hovering between the two conjugations have eventually become strong again. The case of Helt is probably an example of change by false analogy. During the thirteenth century, according to Sweet, d was changed to t in the weak preterites of verbs ending in rd, ld, and nd. Before that time, the preterite of send, send, had been send now it became sent it survives in our modern sent and the same process is also revealed in built girt lint, rent and bent the popular speech disregarding the fact that to hold is a strong verb arrives at held by imitation in the case of toll which i almost always hear in place of told there is a leaping of steps the d is got rid of without any transitional use of t so also perhaps in swole, which is fast displacing, swelled. Attacked and drownded seem to be examples of an effort to dispose of harsh combinations by a contrary process. Both are very old in English. Boughton and dreamt present greater difficulties. Lounsbury says that Boughton probably originated in the Northern, i.e. Lowland Scotch, dialect of English, which inclined to retain the full form of the past participle and even to add its termination to words to which it did not properly belong. I record dreamt without attempting to account for it. I have repeatedly heard a distinct p sound in the word. The general tendency toward regularization is well exhibited by the new verbs that come into the language constantly. Practically all of them show the weak conjugation. For example, to phone. To bluff, to rubberneck, to ante, to bunt, to wireless, to insurge, and to loop the loop. Even when a compound has, as its last member, a verb ordinarily strong, it remains weak itself. Thus the preterite of to joy ride is not joy rode or even joy ridden, but joy rided And thus bust from burst is regular, and its preterite is busted though burst is irregular and its preterite is the verb itself unchanged the same tendency toward regularity is shown by the verbs of the kneel class they are strong in english but tend to become weak in colloquial american thus the preterite of to kneel despite the example of to sleep and its analogues is not kneel nor even knelt but kneeled I have even heard field as the preterite of to feel, as in, I field my way, though here felt still persists. To spread also tends to become weak, as in, he spreaded a piece of bread. And to peep remains so, despite the example of to leap. The confusion between the inflections of to lie and those of to lay extends to the higher reaches of spoken American, and so does that between lend and loan. The proper inflections of to lend are often given to, to loan, and so leaned becomes lent, as in I lent on the counter. In the same way to set has almost completely superseded to sit, and the preterite of the former, set, is used in place of sat, but the perfect participle, which is also the disused preterite of to sit, has survived, as in I have sat there to speed and to shoe have become regular not only because of the general tendency toward the weak conjugation but also for logical reasons the prevalence of speed contest of various sorts always to the intense interest of the proletariat has brought such words as speeder speeding speed mania speed maniac and speed limit into daily use and speeded harmonizes with them better than the stronger sped as for shoed, It merely reveals the virtual disappearance of the verb in its passive form. An American would never say that his wife was well shod. He would say that she wore good shoes. To shoe suggests to him only the shoeing of animals, and so, by way of shoeing and horseshoer, he comes to shoeed. His misuse of to learn, for to teach, is common to most of the English dialects, more peculiar in his speech is the use of to leave for to let charters records it in washington left them have it and there are many examples of it in lardner spit in american has become invariable the old preterite spat has completely disappeared but slit which is now invariable in english though it was strong in old english and had both strong and weak preterites in middle english has become regular in american as in, she slitted her skirt. In studying the American verb, of course, it is necessary to remember always that it is in a state of transition, and that in many cases the manner of using it is not yet fixed. The history of language, says Lounsbury, when looked at from the purely grammatical point of view, is little else than the history of corruptions. What we have before us is a series of corruptions in active process, and while some of them have gone very far, others are just beginning thus it is not uncommon to find corrupt forms side by side with orthodox forms or even two corrupt forms battling with each other lardner in the case of to throw hears if he had throwed my own observation is that through is more often used in that situation again he uses the rottenest i ever seen gave my own belief is that give is far more commonly used the conjugation of to give, however, is yet very uncertain, and so Lardner may report accurately. I have heard, I given, and I would have gave, but I give seems to be prevailing, and I would have give with it, thus reducing to give to one invariable form like those of to cut, to hit, to put, to cost, to hurt, and to spit. My table of verbs shows various other uncertainties and confusions the preterite of to hear is heard the perfect may be either heard or hearn that of to do may be either done or did with the latter apparently prevailing that of to draw is drew if the verb indicates to attract or to abstract and drawed if it indicates to draw with a pencil similarly the preterite of to blow may be either blowed or blew and that of to drink oscillates between drank and drunk and that of to fall is still usually fell, though fallen has appeared, and that of to shake may be either shaken or shuck. The conjugation of to win is yet far from fixed. The correct English preterite won is still in use, but against it are arrayed won and wind. Won seems to show some kinship by ignorant analogy with ran and began. It is often used as the perfect participle, as in, I have won four dollars. The misuse of the perfect participle for the preterite, now almost the invariable rule in vulgar American, is common to many other dialects of English, and seems to be a symptom of a general decay of the perfect tenses. That decay has been going on for a long time, and in American the most vigorous and advanced of all the dialects of language, it is particularly well marked. Even in the most pretentious written American it shows itself the english in their writing still use the future perfect albeit somewhat laboriously and self-consciously but in america it has virtually disappeared one often reads whole books without encountering a single example of it even the present perfect and the past perfect seem to be instinctively avoided the englishman says i have dined but the american says i am through dinner the englishman says i had slept but the american often says i was done sleeping thus the perfect tenses are forsaken for the simple present and the past in the vulgate a further step is taken and i have been there becomes i been there even in such phrases as he hasn't been here ain't am not is commonly substituted for have not thus giving the present perfect a flavor of the simple present the step from i have taken to i taken was therefore neither difficult nor unnatural and once it had been made the resulting locution was supported by the greater apparent regularity of its verb moreover this perfect participle thus put in place of the preterite was further reinforced by the fact that it was the adjectival form of the verb and hence collaterally familiar finally it was also the authentic preterite in the passive voice and although this influence in view of the decay of the passive may not have been of much consequence Nevertheless, it is not to be dismissed as of no consequence at all. The contrary substitution of the preterite for the perfect participle, as in, I have went, and he has did, apparently has a double influence behind it. In the first place there is the effect of the confused and blundering effort by an ignorant and unanalytical speaker to give the perfect some grammatical differentiation when he finds himself getting into it an excursion not infrequently made necessary by logical exigencies despite his inclination to keep out the nearest indicator at hand is the disused preterite and so it is put to use sometimes a sense of its uncouthness seems to linger and there is a tendency to give it an en suffix thus bringing it into greater harmony with its tense i find that boughton just discussed is used much oftener in the preterite than in the simple past tense Footnote, and still more often as an adjective, as in "It was a boughten dress." In footnote, for the latter "bought" usually suffices. The quick ear of Lardner detects various other coinages of the same sort, among them "tooken," as in "Little Al might have tooken sick." Hadden is also met with, as in "I would have had But the majority of preterites remain unchanged. Lardner's baseball player never writes i have written or i have wroteen but always i have wrote and in the same way he always writes i have did ate went drank rode ran saw sang woke and stole sometimes the simple form of the verb persists through all tenses this is usually the case for example with to give i have noted i give both as present and as preterite and i have give and even i had give but even here i have gave offers rivalry to i have give and usage is not settled so too with to come i have come and i have came seem to be almost equally favoured with the former supported by pedagogical admonition and the latter by the spirit of the language whatever the true cause of the substitution of the preterite for the perfect participle it seems to be a tendency inherent in english and during the age of elizabeth it showed itself even in the most formal speech an examination of any play of shakespeare's will show many such forms as i have wrote i am mistook and he has rode." in several cases this transfer of the preterite has survived i have stood for example is now perfectly correct english but before fifteen fifty the form was i have stonedon to hold and to sit belonged to the same class. Their original perfect participles were not held and sat, but holden and sitten. These survived the movement toward the formalization of the language, which began with the 18th century. But scores of other such misplaced preterites were driven out. One of the last to go was rote, which persisted until near the end of the century. Paradoxically enough, the very purist who performed the purging showed a preference for, got though, not for, forgot, and it survives in correct English today in the preterite present form as in, I have got, whereas in American, both vulgar and polite, the elder and more regular gotten, is often used. In the polite speech, gotten indicates a distinction between a completed action and a continuing action, between obtaining and possessing. I have gotten what I came for is correct and so is I have got the measles. In the vulgar speech much the same distinction exists, but the perfect becomes a sort of simple tense by the elision of have. Thus the two sentences change to I gotten what I come for and I got the measles, the latter being understood not as past but as present. In I have got the measles, got is historically a sort of auxiliary of have, and in colloquial American, as we have seen in the examples just given, the auxiliary has obliterated the verb. To have as an auxiliary, probably because of its intimate relationship with the perfect tenses, is under heavy pressure and promises to disappear from the situations in which it is still used. I have heard was used in place of it, as in before the elks was come here footnote remark of a policeman talking to another what he actually said was before the elks was come here come and here were one word approximately come here the context showed that he meant to use the past perfect tense In footnote sometimes it is confused ignorantly with a distinct of as in she would have drove and i would have gave more often it is shaded to a sort of particle attached to the verb as an inflection as in he would a told you and who could a took it but this is not all having degenerated to such forms it is now employed as a sort of auxiliary to itself in the subjunctive as in if you had of went if it had of been hard and if i had of had i have encountered some rather astonishing examples of this doubling of the auxiliary one appears in i wouldn't had a went here however the a may belong partly to had and partly to went such forms as a going are very common in american but in the other cases and in such forms as i had a wanted it clearly belongs to had sometimes for syntactical reasons the degenerated form of have is put before had instead of after it as in i could have had her if i had have wanted to Meanwhile to have ceasing to be an auxiliary becomes a general verb indicating compulsion. Here it promises to displace must. The American seldom says I must go. He almost invariably says I have to go or I have got to go. In which last case, as we have seen got is the auxiliary. The most common inflections of the verb for mode and voice are shown in the following paradigm of to bite. Active voice. Indicative mode present I bite past perfect I had of bit present perfect I have bit future I will bite past I bitten future perfect wanting subjunctive mode present if I bite past perfect if I had of bit past if I bitten potential mode present I can bite, past, I could bite, present perfect, wanting, past perfect, I could have bit, imperative or optative mode, future, I shall, or will, bite, infinitive mode, wanting, passive voice, indicative mode, present, I am bit, past perfect, I had been bit, present perfect, I been bit, Future, I will be bit. Past, I was bit. Future perfect, wanting. Subjunctive mode. Present, if I am bit. Past perfect, if I had have been bit. Past, if I was bit. Potential mode, present. I can be bit. Past, I could be bit. Present perfect, wanting. Past perfect, I could have been bit. Imperative mode wanting infinitive mode wanting a study of this paradigm reveals several plain tendencies one has just been discussed the addition of a degenerative form of have to the preterite of the auxiliary and its use in place of the auxiliary itself another is the use of will instead of shall in the first person future shall is confined to a sort of optative indicating much more than mere intention and even here it is yielding to will yet another is the consistent use of the transferred preterite in the passive here the ruling correct english is followed faithfully though the perfect participle employed is not the english participle i am broke is a good example finally there is the substitution of was for were and of am for be in the past and present of the subjunctive in this last case american is in accord with the general movement of english though somewhat more advanced b in the shakespearean form of where be thy brothers was expelled from the present indicative 200 years ago and survives to day only in dialect and as it thus yielded to are in the indicative it now seems destined to yield to am and is in the subjunctive it remains of course in the future indicative i will be in american its conjugation coalesces with that of am in the following manner present, I am, past perfect, I had of been, present perfect, I been or been, future, I will be, past, I was, future perfect, wanting. And in the subjunction, present, if I am, past perfect, if I had of been, past, if I was. All signs of the subjunctive indeed seem to be disappearing from vulgar American one never hears if I were you, but always if I was you. In the third person, the s is not dropped from the verb. One hears not if she go, but if she goes. If he be the man is never heard. It is always if he is. This war upon the forms of the subjunctive, of course, extends to the most formal English. In Old English, says Bradley, the subjunctive played as important a part as in modern German and was used in much the same way. Its inflection differed in several respects from that of the indicative, but the only formal trace of the old subjunctive still remaining, except the use of be and were, is the omission of the final s in the third person singular, and even this is rapidly dropping out of use. Perhaps in another generation the subjunctive forms will have ceased to exist except in the single instance of were, which serves a useful function, although we manage to dispense with a corresponding form in other verbs here is elsewhere unlettered american usage simply proceeds in advance of the general movement b and the omitted s are already dispensed with and even were has been discarded in the same way the distinction between will and shall preserved in correct english but already breaking down in the most correct american has been lost entirely in the american common speech will has displaced shall completely save in the imperative This preference extends to the inflections of both. Shant is very seldom heard. Almost always won't is used instead. As for should, it is displaced by ought to, degenerated to oughter or oughta, and in its negative form by hadn't oughta, as in he hadn't oughter, said that, reported by charters. Lardner gives various redundant combinations of should and ought, as in i don't feel as if i should ought to leave and they should not ought to have had but i don't think it is as common as the simple oughta forms in the main should is avoided sometimes at considerable pains often its place is taken by the more positive don't thus i don't mind is used instead of i shouldn't mind don't has also completely displaced doesn't which is very seldom heard he don't, and they don't, are practically universal. In the same way ain't has displaced is not, am not, isn't, and aren't, and even have not and haven't. One recalls a famous speech in a naval melodrama of twenty years ago. We ain't got no manners, but we can fight like hell. Such forms as he ain't here, I ain't the man, them ain't what I want, and I ain't heard of it, are common the extensive use of ain't of course is merely a single symptom of a general disregard of number obvious throughout the verbs and also among the pronouns as we shall see charters gives many examples among them how is uncle wallace and aunt clara you was there is six and the incomparable it ain't right to say he ain't here today in lardner there are many more for instance them giants is not such rotten hitters is they the people has all wanted to shake hands with matthewson and i and some of the men has brung their wife along says used as the preterite of to say shows the same confusion one observes it again in such forms as then i goes up to him here the decay of number helps in what threatens to become a decay of tense examples of it are not hard to find the average racetrack follower of the humbler sort seldom says, "I won two dollars," or even, "I won two dollars," but almost always, "I win two dollars," and in the same way, he says, "I see him come in," not, "I saw him" or "seen him." Charter's materials offers other specimens. Among them, we help distributed the fruit. She recognize, hug, and kiss him, and her father ask her if she intended doing what he asked. Perhaps the occasional use of eat as the preterite of to eat, as in I eat breakfast as soon as I got up, is an example of the same flattening out of distinctions. Gardner has many specimens among them if weaver in them had not have begun kicking, and they would have knocked down the fence. I notice that used in used to be is almost always reduced to simple use, as in it used to be the rule. One seldom if ever hears a clear d at the end. Here, of course, the elision of the d is due primarily to assimilation with the t of two, a second example of one form of decay aiding another form. But the tenses apparently tend to crumble without help. I frequently hear whole narratives in a sort of debased present. I says to him, then he ups and says, I land him one on the ear, he goes down and out, and so on. Still, under the spell of our disintegrating inflections we are prone to regard the tense inflections of the verb as absolutely essential. But there are plenty of languages that get on without them, and even in our own language children and foreigners often reduce them to a few simple forms. Some time ago an Italian contractor said to me, I have go there often. Here one of our few surviving inflections was displaced by an analytical device, and yet the man's meaning was quite clear and it would be absurd to say that his sentence violated the inner spirit of english that inner spirit in fact is inclined steadily toward i have go for a thousand years end of chapter 6 part 3 recording by philip gould